Hey, Conspiracy Kyle here. Welcome back to another episode of Conspiracy in the Force. I've had a pretty crazy week, so I wasn't able to get an interview figured out for this Friday. But the interviews will be back next Friday with some of my really, really good friends, so stay tuned for that. On this episode, I'm going to post some some content that I have on my Rockfin channel. If you're not a member of Rockfin, um, go to rockfin.com and, and sign up now. It's $9.99 a month, and you get my content plus content from every single other creator that is on the platform, such as Sam Tripoli, Charlie Robinson, Ricky Verandas, the Union of the Unwanted is on there now, uh, Black Pill, uh, so many other great, great, great content creators are on there. So for $9.99 a month, you get to experience all of our content both free content and premium content so go check that out what i'm going to play what i'm going to play for you today is two episodes of my um, series i have on there called star wars novel quotes i posted novel quote episode one on the podcast feed a few weeks ago where i've been going through the original star wars novel and pulling out some really interesting quotes and posting them um up there with with a video in this podcast-only version for episodes two and three, we'll talk about the events from where Luke and his aunt and uncle get the droids and up until the cantina and some really crazy stuff that happens in the cantina that's not in the movie. So so stay tuned for that. And then also I'm going to play a, an episode of a new mini-show I'm starting called A Certain Point of View where I talk about things in the Star Wars universe and kind of take a, a contrarian view to it. On the episode I have on here, it's about the, the concept of rebellion and how rebellion plays out in Star Wars versus how it plays out in our world and other franchises, etc. So I hope you enjoy this. Once again, I'm sorry I wasn't able to have an interview ready for today, but those will be back next Friday. Thank you for tuning in again, and may the Force be with you. Welcome back to Star Wars Novel Quotes, the show where I go through, you guessed it, Star Wars Novel Quotes. We're continuing our read-through of A New Hope, or as it was originally called, Star Wars by George Lucas. And picking up where we left off, I'm going to start with a quote from um, about C-3PO. After he was captured by the Jawas and they were trying to sell him to Luke and his uncle... The question of, you know, what do droids think? Do droids have free will? Are they able to do what they want? Or are they truly programmed? Um, and this is a great quote. Thoughts of escape did not enter his mind. Such a concept was utterly alien to a mechanical. The more intelligent a robot was, the more abhorrent and unthinkable the concept. Besides, had he tried to escape, built-in sensors would have detected the critical logic malfunction and melted every circuit in his brain. Wow, that's pretty interesting. So even if he had a thought that he couldn't think, they wouldn't let him think that because of the programming. Very interesting stuff there. So let's go on to the next quote here. This is about the Jawas themselves. You know, the Jawas are always seem to kind of get the brunt of all the jokes, and they're not really terrifying. They're not really scary. They're not as scary as the Sand people. They're not very tall they're very diminutive people they can't really do much they bring forth this concept of the jawas and what they could do if they were pushed too far quote though inherently cowards the tiny desert scavengers could be pushed too far the sand crawler could flatten the homestead at the risk of inciting the human community to lethal vengeance you can kind of think about this in terms of our world i think everybody has a breaking point no matter how small you think you are you could you could cause havoc, you can cause damage 
in in many situations if if pushed to if pushed to the limit the jawas are no exception now here we go on to the, the next series of quotes here these are all after luke had finally met um ben kenobi and revealed that he was obi-wan kenobi because it's a you know completely different sounding name right haha <laughs> but anyways um, Obi-Wan started to talk about the Jedi and about Vader and about what happened in the, in the old days, which we know a lot more about it now, but this was the first time we'd ever heard about it on screen or in, in the novel as well. So, quote, this is what Obi-Wan Kenobi says. He said about the Jedi, quote, in many ways, they were too good, too trusting for their own health. They put too much trust in the stability of the Republic, failing to realize that while the body might be sound, the head was growing diseased and feeble, leaving it open to manipulation by such as the Emperor. And that's a really great quote there. It kind of goes back with the quote we, we brought from the prologue about how the the Republic rotted out from within, though the danger was not uh, apparent on the outside. So same kind of thing here. The body is sound, the head is growing diseased. Great quote. And then this is where, you know, and I, I'm, I'm going to do more deeper dives into the Force in future episodes because... The Force is a very interesting concept, and I think a lot of people have very specific ideas about it, about it being, uh, you know, more of an occult-type ability, religion, etc. Et but here's some quotes that Obi-Wan says about the Force. Quote, let me, say, let me say simply that the Force is something a Jedi must deal with. While it has never been properly explained, scientists have theorized it is an energy field generated by living things. Early man suspected its existence, yet remained in ignorance of its potential for millennia. Goes on to say, only certain individuals could recognize the Force for what it was. They were mercilessly labeled charlatans, fakers, mystics, and worse. Even fewer can make use of it. As it was usually beyond their primitive controls, it frequently was too powerful for them. They were misunderstood by their fellows, and worse. And goes on to continue to say, The Force surrounds each and every one of us. Some men believe it directs our actions and not the other way around. Knowledge of the Force and how to manipulate it was what gave the Jedi his special power. Unquote. I think that point at the end is, is where, where people derive a lot of the occult type themes from Star Wars. Talking about being able to manipulate the Force. You know, there's no God in Star Wars. It's just this power of Force that you can manipulate and mold and push or pull in a certain direction to get things to change in the universe. So very, very interesting concept there. And then um, we go on to some more quotes about Obi-Wan here. Um, kind of going back to the force controlling people's destiny. Um, Obi-Wan, you know, Luke is pushing back saying, hey, I can't really go to Alderaan. I got this stuff to do here with my aunt and uncle and this and that. But Obi-Wan seems to have a sixth sense about what is really going on inside Luke. Quote, The old man suppressed the smile, aware that Luke's destiny had already been determined for him. It had been ordained five minutes before he had learned about the manner of his father's death. It had been ordered before that when he had learned, when he had heard the complete message. It had been fixed in the nature of things when he had first viewed the pleading portrait of the beautiful Senator Organa, awkwardly projected by the little droid. Kenobi shrugged, inward, shrugged inwardly, like it had been finalized even before the boy was born. Not that Ben believed in predestination, but he did believe in heredity and in the Force. Remember, Luke, the suffering of one man is the suffering of all. 
distances are irrelevant to injustice. If not stopped soon enough, evil eventually reaches out to engulf all men, whether they have opposed it or ignored it. Great, great, great quotes there. Lot to lot to dive into there. That's a that's a whole that's a whole other topic about being predestined or this is this was his destiny. This is what's going to happen to him. But let's talk about that last part there, when it talks about distances are irrelevant to injustice. You know, you think this is this is the the true essence of Star Wars here. You see, in one of the newer movies, The Last Jedi, Luke had gone as far away as possible from the fight, from the battle, from the Jedi, from the Sith to escape things and basically um, detach himself from the Force. But like Obi-Wan says here, distances are irrelevant to injustice. So you can't just put yourself way out of harm's way and, you know, not worry about anything. It, it doesn't work that way. Anyways, this has been Star Wars Novel Quotes. May the Force be with you. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, Conspiracy Kyle here. Welcome back to Star Wars Novel Quotes, where we go through, you guessed it, Star Wars Novel Quotes. On this episode, we'll get into, you know, them going into Moss Eisley. So, right after Luke's aunt and uncle are killed, he shoots a determined look at Obi-Wan saying, I'm ready for anything. And then Kenobi thought, I wonder if you comprehend what that might entail. And he probably didn't. Because the next sentence goes on, to, you know, the next um, piece of the story goes on to state as they're stopped by stormtroopers going into Moss Eisley. And this is going through Luke's head here. Luke, surely the man sensed his terror and nervousness by now. His resolution of not long before to be ready to take on anything had already disintegrated under the unwinking stare of the professional soldier. He knew what would, he knew what would happen if they got a look at his formal ID with the location of his homestead and the names of his nearest relatives on it, something seemed to be buzzing inside his head, and he felt like he was going to faint. So you can see he's already, you know, not really understanding what is really involved with everything they're doing here. And now Obi-Wan goes on to talk to Luke about how they got out of that situation with the stormtroopers when, when Obi-Wan was able to use the, the, the Jedi mind trick. Quote, I still can't understand how we got past those troops. I thought we were as good as dead. The force is in the mind, Luke, and can sometimes be used to influence others. It's a powerful ally, but as you come to know the force, you will discover that it can also be a danger. Nodding without really understanding, Luke indicated the rundown, obviously popular cantina. Do you really think we can find a pilot here capable of taking us all the way to Alderaan? Kenobi was exiting from the land speeder. Most of the good independent fighter pilots frequent this place, though many can afford better. They can talk freely here. You should have learned by now, Luke, not to equate ability with appearance. Luke saw the old man's shabby clothing anew and felt ashamed. So a lot of things to take from this series of quotes here. Going back to the Jedi mind trick, it's kind of interesting, and I've talked about this on prior podcasts, how it's really something, an ability only used by the Jedi. Um, it's kind of a force manipulation to get people to bend to your will. But like, but like Obi-Wan says, it can also be a danger. So that's interesting. And then also, you know, the whole don't judge a book by its cover thing. You know, look at Obi-Wan. He's in these dirty desert robes. You know, he's a wise old mentor that knows everything about the galaxy, but you wouldn't tell by looking at him. Same with who they're about to find in here. Han Solo, he's a smuggler. You find him in this, you know, CD bar, but he's one of the most integral characters to the whole saga. 
And now here's where we get into one of very, very interesting quotes here um, of what happened in the cantina whenever Luke got into the altercation with the guy at the bar and Obi-Wan sliced the dude's arm off. There's actually a lot more involved with that in the original story. So let's let's go through this. So get ready for this. This is, gets a little crazy here. So this is at, at the tail end after there's picking a fight with Luke and then Obi-Wan comes over to kind of try to ease everybody's mind. He says, quote, this little one isn't worth the trouble, a calm voice said. Luke looked up startled. He hadn't heard Kenobi come up alongside him. Come, let me buy you all something. By way of reply, the bulky monster chittered hideously and swung out a massive limb. It caught an unprepared Luke across the temple and sent him spinning across the room, crashing through tables and shattering a large jug filled with foul-smelling liquid. The crowd edged back farther. A few grunts and warning snorts came from them as the drunken monstrosity pulled a wicked-looking pistol from its service pouch. He started to wave it in Kenobi's direction. The rodent thing chattered threateningly at him while the weapon-wielding many eyes spared him a warning grunt. In the split second when the gun in its owner's attention was off him, the old man's hand had moved to the disc slung at his side. The short human started to yell as a fiery blue-white light appeared in the dimness of the cantina. He never finished the yell. It turned into a blink. When the blink was finished, the man found himself lying prone against the bar, moaning and whimpering as he stared at the stump of his arm. In between the start of his yell and the conclusion of the blink, the rodent thing had been cleft cleanly in half down the middle, its two halves falling in opposite directions. The giant multi-ocular creature still stood staring dazed at the old human who was poised motionless before it. The shining lightsaber held over his head in a peculiar fashion. The creature's chrome pistol fired once, blowing a hole in the door. Then the torso peeled away as neatly as had the body of the rodent its two cauterized sections falling in opposite directions to lie motionless on the cold stone. Holy crap, this is a murder scene. The bartenders and several assistants appeared to drag the unsightly corpses out of the room while the mutilated human vanished wordlessly into the crowd, cradling the stump of his gun arm and considering himself fortunate. To all appearances, the cantina had returned to its former state with one small exception. Ben Kenobi was given a respectable amount of space at the bar. Wow. So in the movie, all you see is him slice one guy's arm off. But in this, he slices two other dudes in half and the other guy's arm off still. And then the bartender and people are just dragging the corpses out of here. I mean, this does not sound like a Star Wars movie to hear to me. But I would love to see if they actually shot that stuff because um, that's pretty, pretty fascinating. So if anybody out there wants to make that, um, that would be awesome. So thanks, everybody, for listening on the next episode, episode four kind of ironic because this is star wars episode four but on episode four of novel quotes we'll go through the events after the cantina including going to the death star and the death star attack at the end of the movie so thank you everybody for tuning in may the force be with you welcome to conspiracy in the force my name is conspiracy kyle welcome to this exclusive content on rockfin this is a new show i'm calling a certain point of view where I talk about things in the Star Wars universe and try to take an opposing viewpoint to it to see if we can start to think about some things that have happened in these movies, uh, concepts, themes, characters, etc., in, in a different way. So on this first episode, episode one, I want to talk about the concept of rebellion. You know, it's a very common concept in, in popular culture, whether it's Star Wars or you think of franchises like The Hunger Games, uh, etc., where 
you have a authoritarian government that's in control and a small faction of people are trying to fight back against it. And it seems to be that most cases in most of these movies, the people who are opposing this, this government end up winning, you know, quote unquote, winning the battle, winning the war against this authoritarian government. If you contrast that to our world, you know, the concept of rebellion, is it always as successful as what we see in the movies? Are the movies giving us a, a false sense of hope for, for rebellions in general? Um, the reason I'm saying that is because I think in, in a lot of cases, a rebellion could end up becoming that authoritarian government that they feared once they, once they take hold, once they take rule. Because to truly fight evil, in some cases, it seems like you have to fight evil with evil. You have to fight fire with fire. And when that happens, are you, are you essentially becoming what you hate? Are you essentially becoming the thing that you're fighting against? Uh, you know, a few examples in Star Wars I can think of right off the bat. Anakin, at the end of Revenge of the Sith, is telling Obi-Wan that, well, the Jedi are evil, and we finally brought peace and justice to the Republic. But when he says bringing peace and justice to the Republic, he's, he's not thinking about the fact that he just murdered hundreds, uh, possibly tens of hundreds of, of innocent Jedi, men, women, children, to get to that point. So, you know, his, his definition of peace and justice, that was a component of it, although he's rationalizing it in his head by that was a necessary means to an end. And then another... Another thing you think about is um, if you're in a rebellion and you're trying, like I said, if you're a rebellion trying to get, get this power out and, you know, get in there yourselves and, and, your, and your people, you, you have to do terrible, terrible things to get there, even if you have the best intentions. If, if you look at a movie like Rogue One, you have Cassian Andor, who is this um, rebel spy working in the shadows trying to gather intel on the empire and, and bring all these people together. You see at the very beginning of the film, he's meeting with a contact that's giving him information about things that, that are going on in the universe. And, and this guy is, is hurt. He has a, a bad leg. And Cassian Andor, as they're about to get find out, found out, he decides to kill this guy and make his escape. So he's, he's, he's essentially mur committing murder in the sake of a rebellion, which kind of goes against some of the principles because the people you're fighting against are doing the same kind of thing. So, so one kind of thing I wanted to talk about was, you know, one of my favorite bands of all time, uh, Genesis, uh, before Phil Collins started singing in the band, it was um, Peter Gabriel was their singer. So he wrote, they wrote a song in the early seventies called the knife, which, you know, is one of my favorite songs of all time because it, it kind of talks about this, this concept of, a rebellion and uprising trying to get to a certain point and take on out a, a government, a leadership, but all the terrible things you do along the way, you may end up becoming the thing you hate. So I just want to read you a few lyrics here from this song. And it's a really great song. Go, go ahead and take a listen to it. It's about, you know, seven, eight minutes long. It's got some great instrumental fills in it. So, so here's as the song goes, the knife. Tell me my life is about to begin. Tell me that I'm a hero. Promise me all of your violent dreams light up your body with anger. Now, in this ugly world, it's time to destroy all the evil. Now, when I give the word, get ready to fight for your freedom now. So you can see there's already a lot of violence inherent in this rebellion that is starting. And if you already have that going into it, um, 
you may not have you you may not really truly have the best intentions and then it goes farther to say that here we go some more lyrics here i'll give you the names of those you must kill all must die with their children carry their heads to the palace of old hang them high let the blood flow now in this ugly world break all the chains around us now the crusade has begun give us a land fit for heroes now well all those things they talked about don't sound very heroic it sounds like um murder men women children no different than anakin but this is the but this is the rebel faction here so you wonder how that how that would truly turn out and it's really a great song it's a lot of great political commentary on on rebellions and, and those kind of things so i want to read you a few quotes too from the original star wars novel um about about rebellion here so this is from the scene in the first movie where all the imperial officers are sitting around the boardroom table and they're talking about you know the, the flaws in the death star and what they're going to do and what the rebellion is going to is going to do and you know they talk about rebellion in, in an interesting way here so let me read this quote quote some of you still don't realize how well equipped and organized the rebel alliance is their vessels are excellent their pilots better and they are propelled by something more powerful than mere engines this perverse reactionary fanaticism of theirs they're more dangerous than most of you realize so so then again going back to the point of having this um religious zeal or political zeal for the type of government that you want may end up making you just like them so 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 anyways i just want to talk a little bit about about that concept of rebellion because i feel like in the movies we're getting a real we get a real um, emotional touchy-feely kind of thought when it comes to rebellion that hey any of us can go out there and, and take on the big guy and we're going to be uh, really successful i mean look what's happened in all these movies and films and books and stuff and in history the american uh, war for independence da 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 uh, i'm willing to bet that in the in actuality the the likelihood of rebellions one either um coming to fruition or two um <clears throat> being a being a nice holistic type government when they get into power is is pretty is pretty low so this has been a certain point of view with conspiracy kyle may the force be with you and i'll talk to you later